Hey guys, GBC Podcast number 46. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. Shane, your message on um, Sunday was so good, the Easter message. I knew it would be because it's like the pinnacle, you know, it's the reason um, uh, for people being Christians is that in, in the, just the way that you said everything, um, I took like two pages of notes, which you can see here. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think what really like hit me, which I think things hit people differently is that Jesus died on the cross and I'm just thinking about him just bleeding and he's miserable (laughs) and he did that for little Uh old me and little old you, you know? Like, what about the people that are still not going to believe at the end of time Mm -hmm. when Jesus comes back? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm a people pleaser. Like, that's my nature. And and I like for people to like me. I don't know about you, but when Mm -hmm. I'm in a room, like, I I would like for the majority of the people to like me, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I I just was thinking about that. Like, I'll try really hard to get the people that don't like me Mm -hmm. to like me. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even imagine being Jesus and knowing that it's my job, like my, it's the it's the sole purpose of me being created is to die for everybody's sins, right. and there's still going to be people that aren't going to come with me. Yeah, I mean, like on, on a very small scale, I'm heartbroken about that. Yeah, I think um, you just said a, um, a, a a pretty big mouthful there. Sorry. You actually said some, <laughs> you said some things that um, I wasn't even tracking, and I guess uh, prepared to to talk about. But I, oh, but I, I tripped you up. But I, I like am. it. Well, you said um, I'm a people pleaser, yeah, um, and I want I want to please people, and I think I can I, I can certainly have that naturally. I'm much better at it these days than I was um, originally, or in the beginning. So, but I'm much better about balancing that and wrapping my mind around that. So, a couple things. So, that the whole idea that Jesus died for a bunch of people who are not going to know him. I mean, absolutely. I think it's powerful that the that the the New Testament speaks to this fact that it is God's desire that not one would perish. Um, so I just had goosebumps because there are going to be people. There are. Um, but I think it's powerful to know that it's not God's desire. Right. You know, it's his desire that people would live, that people would know him, that people would belong to him. And so are there going to be people who don't? Well, absolutely. There's going to be a whole bunch of people. Um, there's going to be people who are blatantly opposed to it who won't. And there's going to be people who think they're in and won't, um, you know, and that, kind of scenario. So I, you know, I I, don't know what to do about that. I don't think it should be an excuse. Um, I think we should be encouraged to know that it's not God's desire that people would just die. And I think it's also a powerful testament of his grace that he still died to pay for the price for everyone's sin. Um, you know, like, so I think there's, there's some kind of power that that's a powerful thing. Um, so, so there's that aspect, but I want to touch on this for just a moment, and then we can come back to yeah. it. Because uh, you talked about pleasing. Uh-huh. And here's what uh, Paul said. This is, I brought up my Bible that I, that I, I taught from last night in Bible study. Um, he's speaking to the church at Galatians, Galatians chapter 1, and Paul says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men mm. or of God? Ugh. Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. <clears throat> right. Um, which is convicting. And I, what I wrote, my, my little note, which is why I pulled out this Bible, is I wrote, uh, can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. You know, Jesus said the very same thing in the Sermon on the Mount. So I wrote, can't serve two masters. Um, and you really can't. Like, I feel like a lot of times we hear, you know, no one can serve two masters. And we amen it. And we agree with it. And that's, that's about the extent of it, right? Like, we, we don't take it seriously. We, we know it's right, and we 
you know, we again we agree with it. We just don't do anything with it. But that's a that's another podcast for another. I'll write day. that one down for future. You know, can't serve two masters. But then he's. Uh, but then I wrote. Um, but what's the balance? Because I feel like let's just go from husband wife kind of perspective. I'm sure that you. I mean, you want to be pleasing for your husband. Sure. You know, I want to be pleasing to my wife. Like I don't want to. I don't want to not be pleasing. Yeah. Um, so. You know, my question, what's the balance? I, I do think there's a balance. I don't think that there's anything wrong uh, with with wanting to be pleasing. But the heart, the foundation, the drive behind it has got to be to please God. Yeah. Like that's got to come first and foremost. Well, and we have like two situations going on here. So, so to go back to what I was saying about Jesus dying on the cross and how mm-hmm. I could in a very tiny way be brokenhearted about that because I understand what it feels like to have people not like me. I mean, as anybody does and I'll try really hard, like I said, to make them like me. Um, but this is convicting in that, like, I'm only trying to get them to like me for me. I'm not trying to get them to like (laughs) me, do you know, to To bring them them. to church or something like that, which kind of sets me up perfectly for what I really wanted to talk about. What was like, um, when I was sitting in church and I was listening to your message, it, motivated me to be a better part of the church, like a better Mm. version of myself inside of the church. It Mm. made me be like, well, what are you doing to save those people? You know, like, what are you doing as, as a follower of Jesus to get those people that he did die for that maybe aren't going to go with you? Like, what are you doing? Mm. And I thought it would be perfect for me to ask you, like, what else can I do? (laughs) What can we do to set ourselves apart and make ourselves look different and actually be like an active what do you want to call it? A magnet, mm. you know, to bring sure. people yeah. in into the church. Yeah, to have that influence and favor. Well, so a couple of things, I guess, on this, and then I'll, I'll lean into it. Um, first, uh, influence, favor with with people is a stewardship. Um, you don't get it for very long. Uh, it's limited, um, and then it's a stewardship. You know, God, He's the one who owns the favor. God is the one who, who gives it. Um, and so to, to be able to have any kind of favor, any kind of influence, I think it's a stewardship. I think people have it for a moment. Um, and I don't know. So, I mean, sometimes those moments can be years, decades, um, you know, hours, minutes, whatever it is. I mean, so it's a stewardship in that. So I think as followers of Jesus, um, we should steward that well, just like we would steward money, just like we would steward gifts or talents. It's a stewardship um, and that we understand that. And so there's people that God has placed in our life already, family members, friends, people that we work with, people that we work out with, you know, yeah. those kinds of people that we have some favor with, that we have influence with for whatever reason. And so if we recognize we belong to God and he's given us that, then what are we doing that for the sake of the gospel? Which brings me really to your question um, of, you know, how do we do this? I think, and I know this is so elementary, but elementary is always the best place to start. I think first and foremost, you do something. Yeah. Do something beyond think about it. Do something beyond just do anything. Do something. Um, well, no, I just wrote. Sorry, I just wrote. Recognize an opportunity when you see it, mm-hmm. which I think is a discernment thing, right? Like you got to pray for that in the morning. Yeah, you got to pray for that in the morning, and I think that you have to you you have to be intentional about looking for that, or you won't see it. Yeah, you yeah. can't be on your phone when you're walking down the street. You know, absolutely, or so full of yourself or what you're trying to do that when you are around other people that you miss opportunities because you're just trying to do uh, your thing or just trying to get your, you know? Um, so I do think that, you're, I think you're exactly right. You know, recognize those opportunities. A lot of people don't recognize the opportunities because they're distracted. 
Yeah. You know, they're just not paying attention, they're not looking to even recognize the opportunities. But I think that's exactly right. And I think doing something with the gospel that we've been given um, is like the ultimate first step. And then what it looks like, I think, can evolve into a lot of different things. But to use Galatians as, as the proof text, because I was sharing this with you before we started recording. Yeah. Um, I was pointing out the fact that Paul, kind of the context of Galatians is Paul is basically writing to his church or to the church at Galatia. I mean, it's not his church, but he, he certainly started it on the first missionary journey. But after he left, some people came in behind him who were Jews who had become Christians. Um, and there's a, you know, a whole group of these people that basically follow Paul around everywhere he goes and try to untie everything that he's done. Um, and yet, you know, they're, they're ultimately unsuccessful. But what they're trying to do is get all these Gentiles to become Jewish and then become Christians. Like, if you're going to be a Christian, well, you got to be Jewish first. Like, here's the red tape you have to... Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Paul is... Which is crazy because he was such a good Jew. He even confesses. I'll read that here in just a moment. He's such a good Jew. He's so good at it. He's so good at being bad. He says, says, no, you don't make Gentiles like us. That's not the gospel. The gospel is, and that's the message of Jesus, that Gentiles get included in it. They don't have to become Jewish in order to be a follower. So, anyways, uh, that's probably another whole podcast in and of itself as well. But so, Nuggets. just listen to this though. This is this is what does Paul do with the gospel message? All right, verse eleven, um, Galatians chapter one. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, I'll stop there. That's verse twelve, mm-hmm. verse eleven and twelve. Stop there for just a moment to say, if you're not familiar with the story. Paul's speaking about something very unique to him. Yeah. Um, certainly not not ununique to the other apostles, the disciples who followed Jesus around. They got it directly from him. But so did Paul on the road to Damascus, right? And he was actually on his way to persecute the church. He was on his way to put some more Christians to death. Um, and Jesus appears to him. Because the rest of us, we are getting it from men, right? right? You know, people gathered here on Easter Sunday, and they heard it f- from, from me. Yeah. Um, and so these people, these Church at Galatia, they heard it first from Paul. So they got it from men. But Paul's saying, look, I didn't get this from anybody else. I got this from Jesus himself because he appeared to him on the road. And we know the story. Okay, so that's just what he's referring to there. Verse 13. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how I intensely persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. So, I mean, confession, right? Right. I was trying to destroy this very thing. Um, Verse 14, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went to Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, who's Peter, mm-hmm. and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. So Paul says in verse 17, or verse 16, to back up that far, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I didn't go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went to Arabia. Paul, why'd you go to Arabia? 
Like, what, were you running? No, he wasn't running. He was going to Gentiles to give them the message of the good news of Jesus. Paul's point here is, look, I didn't, I didn't form a council to get some advice. I didn't go process this with another human being. I didn't go to see the other apostles to figure out, okay, well, how do I become an apostle? He didn't have like, to. No. He, I mean, Jesus Christ changed his life on the road to Damascus. You know, we know more of the story. He was blinded for three days. After three days, you know, he receives his sight back, gives his marching orders, and Paul says, all right, I'm gone, Lord. Like, I'll, I will go. And so here we find out that he goes for three years before he ever comes back and starts discussing things further or whatever it is that happens when he spends his 15 days with Peter. Wait, he waited three years before he started preaching, or he went immediately? He went immediately, started okay. preaching to the Gentiles. He comes back three years later. And that's the first time he ever even sits down with another apostle. Oh, okay. So he, so so all that, right? And I'm using this text to come back to that question of what do we do with it? Yeah, you do something. Something. Go. Immediately. Go and do something. Go immediately and do something. But then again, why wouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, what's stopping? God you? has saved us. Well, sometimes He's changed it's, us. It's like. Um, you know, the inner diet, like the confidence, you know, we're talking about Elijah in our Bible study mm -hmm. and you know, he, we've talked about him. We <laughs> won't talk about him again. Okay. Cause yeah. I think we spent like four podcasts talking about the CrossFit, um, <laughs> prophet. However, you know, be bold like Elijah. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like, um, you're not very confident, it's easy to do quiet things. You know, yeah, it's absolutely. easy to stick a card in somebody's mailbox or like you said, the lending a listening ear is like so good because, Sometimes you think that that's such a small thing, but it actually is a big thing to just give somebody your time. Something that I wrote down when you were just reading the scripture, if we could just back up a tiny yep. bit, um, that it actually gives me hope too, because there will be, to, like going back to Jesus dying on the cross, and there will be a certain percentage of people that yeah. just won't believe. Um, yeah. And what am I going to do about it? But there's going to be people like Paul that are going to be like, ho, ho, ho. I, I do an about face and then yeah. and I believe and that that makes me like so happy that like it, it might be at the very last second mm -hmm. you know they might see Jesus coming you know mm -hmm. and then that's that's the moment and I mean who knows what's really gonna happen but it does give me hope that someone like Paul did an about face and, and look what happened mm -hmm. um, so it's also like proof of God's plan that that he he could knit you together in your mother's womb and and have a plan for you and know for how how many years was Paul like yeah, 20 something maybe like he was an adult yeah, yeah like he's an adult he's mm -hmm. not 17 yeah. so for years and years and years he could be just the worst person ever you know and yeah. then and then he spends the rest of his life turning it around so it does give me hope and i guess that's the message you know no, i think that's good because that's um i mean i've, I've closed my my bible that I, I taught bible study from last night but that's the last thing that i wrote in there um if you get to the end of chapter one um and I, I, you know, the, the last comment that I, I made was, you know, and in one way, Paul is giving his defense. He's telling his story, his testimony, right? He's saying, you know, this is who I am. This is how it came to be. And you all know me. You should know this. So in one way, it's kind of a defense, a reprimand, a testimony. But another way, and that was the other thing I wrote, is like, um, this ought to give hope to anybody. Yes. That if God can change Paul, if God can do something with a murderous destructive individual like that changed his life. We're not going to give hope to all of us. And his last verse, and I think this kind of even speaks to what we're talking about today, the last verse of chapter 1, and they praise God because of me. Ugh. And that's kind of the thing that I left them in with last night was, 
But let's live the kind of lives that people would thank God because of us. I mean, I have goosebumps all over my body. And Miss Renee, our babysitter, always says when you get goosebumps, it's, you know, it's for real. And I'm like, yeah, if you could put yourself in the scripture and they praise God because of shame. Yeah, you know, absolutely. They praise God because of what Courtney did. They praise God because of w- what the kids did. You know, yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's not from a place of arrogance or a place no. of, of, you know, selfishness or anything like that. I mean, because even, even Paul's not being that way. But I think it would be a powerful testimony. Like, I hope that's my testimony. I yeah. hope um, that for people's lives that, that you know, especially if they know God or they're coming to know God or whatever, they would say, man, thank, thank you, God, um, for what you did through him, through me. You know, I, I, would want, I don't want my life to just matter for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, um, I, it would be selfish for people to thank God because of something that I did that was selfish in nature or those kind of things or just for me. But, but if, if they knew a little bit more about God because of me, if what I did or what I said drew people to Jesus, got people in front of Jesus, then that's what matters. Somebody told me last night, um, been, they've been here all, not quite as long as I've, I've been here, but almost as long. They came a few months afterwards. And they were saying that someone had introduced themselves and said, like, yeah, how long have you guys been at Greenwood? And she's like, well, actually, like 70 years. And they're like, oh, because they're, I mean, they're not, you know, they're, you know, a year, year and a half into Greenwood and this person seven years and of course they'd never met or anything. Um, so we were talking, but, but she said last night, she was like, you know, I've been struggling. She, I won't go into any kind of personal struggles. I, I shouldn't yeah, 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 yeah. No. But she was, she was talking about struggles <clears throat> and she's like, you know, you, you've said this probably since I've been here, I've spent time with God, get along with God. Yeah. And she's like, but two weeks ago, before I went to bed, I literally got on my knees and I got before God. And two weeks later, one of the things that I was dealing with, I was, I, I had realized, okay, like I'm not dealing with this anymore. Like it's gone. It's better. Like this thing, this struggle that they were having. Um, and she, and she's like, and then I thought, she's like, at first I thought it was, it was one thing. Again, I know I'm being so vague, but I'm sorry, I can't. can't it's go great. Into it's a great story. Um, <laughs> she's like, um, I thought it was this. She's like, but then I realized, no, it's since I got on my knees. Surprise, yeah. And. Um, Anyways, she's like, but you said that for so long, for whatever reason, two weeks ago it clicked, and I was like, oh, I gotta do this. Yeah, I have to do this. So she praised God because of you, really. Yeah, and so that's what that's like. It's kind of cool because I said that. That was the last thing I said out in the Bible study, and then before I could get even down the hall, yeah, you know, someone's. And actually, I was just saying, oh, I'm so glad that you came tonight because they don't usually make it on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And um, and then she shared that. I'm like, okay, that's thank you, Jesus, because like, like that's I don't want someone to be grateful for me because I was a good friend, although they could be part of it. Right. But someone who said, you know, you said a thing, you've been saying a thing for a while, for whatever reason it clicked, and I just want you to know I've been getting on my knees and going to God before I go to bed at night, and it's made all the difference in the world. Yeah, I mean, there you go. That's, that's ultimate what, compliment, <laughs> and yeah. it's our job. Like, yeah. you know, we are created to be the light of the world. How else could we be the light of the world than by helping somebody come, you know, start to praise God or just get closer to God or come into these doors? You know, when I say the doors, I don't mean the physical doors, like the church doors, like us us as a populous population. Yeah. So it made me think of something else. Um, 
for Valentine's Day, I think the kids had like a heart and a popsicle stick, um, and it said like "Do everything in love." Well, by the time uh, I got it, Hayden, <laughs> I don't know where the popsicle sticks came. I mean, he's three and a half, yeah. you know, and he's just a train wreck, anyways. But um, he he said, "Do everything in love." He just kept saying that, and I was like, "Well, he got the message, even yeah, without yeah. the popsicle sticks and all the things that were supposed to go inside the heart." Yeah. And so he colored it here at church, and I ended up putting it on my cabinet in the kitchen. And so, because I don't know about you, Shane, but I get really stressed with my kids, and I end up, like, nitpicking, and I feel like I'm kind of, like, yelling at them more than I'm, like, teaching them to be the light of the world. And then, like, (laughs) in between me yelling at them to pick up their stuff, I'm like, be the light of the world! (laughs) You know, I'm like, I'm not even being the light of the world. How do I expect them to be? So that's a completely different podcast that would take like 10 but my point is I had that heart on my um, it's still there on my cabinet and I'm it does kind of take make me go okay if I'm supposed to do everything in love I can lower my voice and I can try to explain it calmly and I can be a little bit more loving about pick your shoes up for the 755th time yeah. you know yeah. um, but now I might have to change it to they praise God because of blank and then have it be a game in the house mm-hmm. where we're like you know, how can you get people to praise God because of something that you did? And again, mm-hmm. not not because we're like, ooh, the wises are so amazing. That's not how I'm coming about this. Yeah, yeah. But how, how can we get people face-to-face with, with Jesus? And so I, I think I might do that and make it a family game. How, you know, they praise God because of something that we did. Yeah, like, no, that's good. And I think that's... I think that's good that you just shared that um, because I, I also know that it would be easy for someone to say, well, yeah, but you're a preacher. Of course, yeah. you... you you got a platform to tell people about him every week. So, of course. Um, but I think it's so much bigger than that. And I think it's got to be so much better than that. I think it has to be in love. and has to be done out of love. Uh, Rick Warren, uh, something I shared with the, uh, the, the team last week um, before we prayed after rehearsal um, on Easter Sunday, um, was from an email from Rick Warren that had said, you know, for the past 43 years, because he's, he's retiring, he's mm-hmm. stepping down, and uh, he'll still be at, at uh, the church that he founded, but um, he's, he's retiring. Um, and he said, but for 43 years, I've said on the way to the church every morning um, that uh, without love, you are only a resounding gong. Um, and that's that's from Paul too. You know, right. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Um, and he said, I'm the resounding gong. That's what I feel like at my house. So this yeah, is great. So he, you know, he's he's he was reminding himself on the way to to preach um, and on the way to pastor people um, that you got to do it in love. You got to speak it in love. You got to you got to do it in love. Otherwise, you're just a resounding gong. You're yeah. just a clanging cymbal. Is another way it's translated, and that's so true because. The person that I was talking to out in the hallway last night, they have been around for seven years. Um, and so there is more than just, uh, you know, come sit in a pew, go, and that's the extent of the relationship. Like, we know each other, and we know each other well, um, know our family. So, um, but if I'm unloving, yeah. if I'm ugly and just nasty and mean, they figure out, they, 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 you know, they figure out or, you know, that I don't really care. I'm just, you know, drawing a crowd or whatever. I mean, you know, however you want to look at it. Like, if that's the, if that's the field, then, then, then there is no, they praise God because of me. Because I didn't do it in love in the first place, you know. So love has got to be at the heart of it. It's got to, and it should be. I mean, that's, that's the way Jesus says they will know you by your love for one another. Uh, so. No, this is so good. Yeah. And it's like, it's so funny because we both have to go and we could probably sit here and talk for 30 more minutes. Um, but um, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's 
friends that are believers, Mm. friends, I say acquaintances, that are like, well, I say this in love, but... And then yeah. it's like something like we Shane, you really shouldn't be. Um, I, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Whatever you're doing, yeah. I say this in love, but you really, blah blah blah. And um, I'm like, okay. And, and I know that opens up kind of a different can of worms. But I think that there are situations where you think you're doing something in love, but you're really not. You're yeah. being a resounding gong. Yeah, Honestly, absolutely. you're just like creating more noise. Uh, on the internet or in in your circle of friends or something like that where you really could just probably do something else um, to be the love and and just to continue to love someone through something even though they've said something you didn't like or they're doing something you don't like but just to be the continual loving um, atmosphere Mm -hmm. you know presence in that Mm -hmm. person's life but anyways I I had to say that because there are times when you when I think someone thinks they're being loving and you're like not not like that maybe (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Or says something and then, um, you know, uses that as now permission to say whatever they want, however they want. Because they're saying it in love. Because they they started with, you know, I'm I'm saying this out of love. Yeah. Um, It's like a Southerner saying, bless their heart. That's exactly right. It's so funny. That's exactly right. And I, you know, and I think love is always going to be, you know, at the heart of it, the focus of it. Again, I mean, that's what Christ calls us to. That's what we've received from him. And that's the expectation that we give in return. Um, and you cannot fake it, yeah. you know, you can't fake it. And so, you know, if, if what is coming out of someone's mouth, is it lining up with my history with that person? Um, or if I don't have any history, then it doesn't even matter what's coming out of their mouth. Right. Um, from that respect, because I, I don't take criticism. Um, I don't take correction. I don't any of that from somebody that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least I try not to. Um, and, and I've got loving people around me that can, I think call that out if I've if I've listened to something that I don't need to be listening to. But I'm gonna hear you personally, Courtney. I'm gonna hear Courtney say, Hey, I, I got I wanna share something with you and you know I love you and I'm I'm coming to you from a loving place, but listen. I'm gonna listen to that way more than I'm gonna listen to the person that I don't know or that I only see Sunday. Or yeah, that you're not really friends with. Yeah, because yeah. Because we, we do have a history, mm-hmm. you know. We've got time that we've spent to, together. You, you mentioned earlier giving somebody your time. Well, we take time yeah. most Thursdays, every Thursday, and we're giving of our time yeah. um, to do this podcast, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, for me, time is the most valuable thing in the world because you can't get more of it. 100%. You only have so much of it. It's 100%. the most valuable thing, whatever mm-hmm. time we've been given. So, you know, that alone will give my ear to you. So there are people that I already know in my life that if they came to me and said, look, you, you know I love you. Mm-hmm. And now that's already a true statement and I'm ready to listen. Mm-hmm. And I may have a hard time with it. I may take me a while to get to it. But I really do. Like I've got a bit in me that I want to do the right thing and I want to do what's right and I want to do what's responsible. Um, so I'll, I'll listen and it may, take me a, again, it may take me a while to get around to it, but I eventually will. But it's so much different. Coming from a person who has um, the history. Yeah, or like limited exposure with you, limited um, interactions with you. That's right. You know, you're just kind of like, it. I don't even really know you, but you're coming at me with love. Like, I kind of doubt it. Exactly. And so, again, I mean, to come back to something I said very early on, the whole thing about influence and favor. Yes. It's a stewardship. You only have it for so long. Yeah. And um, I think God gives us that with people to, to lovingly share the gospel and look for ways to love, look for ways to be kind, look for ways to get that get his message out. 
Because, again, it does no good for me to go pick up Chick-fil-A. I'm, this is a total random example. I love to it. Pick, to pick up Chick-fil-A and drop it off at uh, Cumberland Trace Elementary School for the teachers every single morning. If all I'm doing is that, mm-hmm. but I'm not using that as a platform to somehow share the message of mm-hmm. Jesus, then I'm just getting people Chick-fil-A, which is a great thing to do. No, it's, Shane, but, it's, it's like about relationships. Yeah. And, no, that's a really good point. Like an empty... Um, like an empty thing that you're doing. It's yeah. like carrying an empty bowl to someone. Like, here you go, but you didn't fill it up. Absolutely. Exactly. And I think the reverse, and I know we got to go, but I think the, 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 the opposite side of that, or like someone would come against it and say, well, then that's kind of, isn't that kind of manipulative that you would buy them Chick-fil-A just to speak the gospel? Well, I think manipulative uh, is probably the wrong word, but no, that is the point. Agenda-driven, maybe? Yeah, so the agenda is to share the gospel. There's no more That's our job. We just said do. that. That's our job. And if that's the means in which you choose to do it, I think it's fine. But it does have to be genuine. It does have to be genuine. And it has to come from that place of love. And even, you know, Jesus uses the example of the shrewd uh, servant. Remember the shoot servant and the master's going to let him go. And he realizes, oh my gosh, i got to do something. Um, I'm about to be jobless. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my master's book and all these people who owe him money, I'm going to cut their debt in half. So that way, once I lose my job, yes. I'll have somebody who can help me out and take me it's in. Very clever. Uh, Jesus <laughs> commends the shrewd servant for his wisdom of how he used his master's money. The whole point. Yeah. And so... You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but God gives us resources. We ought to use those resources to win people to Jesus, to win people to to Christ. To Christ. Um, Because if we change the subject and I had the cure for cancer. Wouldn't you want to just shout it on the mountaintops? Yeah. And I was using Chick-fil-A. We'll go back to that for a moment. To win a friend. To tell them, hey, here's the... I know you wouldn't listen to me about this cancer thing otherwise, but here's the message. What, like, I think that's easy for people to wrap their mind around. Of course, yeah, share that message. You got the cure for cancer? Yeah, oh, my, well, my grandmother died of cancer. I wish they would have heard it. <laughs> you know, you well, get the, you know. And it's so funny because let, let's pretend like you do have the cure for cancer and yeah. you, you, you um, shared it with someone over Chick-fil-A and then um, – Everybody got wind of this really cool story that Shane has the cure for cancer and uses yeah. Chick-fil-A as the vehicle in which yeah. to share it. That would be like the most amazing thing ever. But somehow, some way, if we do things, people like think it's not genuine. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, that's, and, and then beyond that, let's say I don't even get them Chick-fil-A. I just give them, is it not the most loving thing that I could do for the person with cancer is to share with them the cure for it? Yeah, like who of cares it, exactly. which way in which you do it. It could be on a piece of construction paper as long as you do it, which goes back to the very first thing that you said, do something. Yeah, do something. Do something. Is it not the same with the gospel? Yeah. It has to be the same with the gospel. Um, so much so is that that is exactly what Paul immediately did. Immediately. Yes, immediately. I, I asked you. I was like, did he wait three years or did he immediately? And he you're like, no. Immediately it was like, went with it. Because that's what you do when something changes your life. Yeah. We need to also pray for like a Damascus moment, you know, for mm-hmm. God to show up in our life and we mm-hmm. do an about face or we do something boldly that we haven't done before. Well, and, you know, to, let's end on this. Uh, for some of us, we've had one. We've forgotten it. Or we didn't recognize it when we saw we, it. Or Well, or, yeah, or we, we've stopped considering the ways. We've stopped considering his ways. 
We could uh, be here all day, Shane. Oh, this I know, is so I know. good. This is so good. Well, I wanted to thank everybody um, who, who listens and shares this with a friend. It means so much to us because we do spend a lot of time mm-hmm. um, putting this together, praying about the words that we're saying. It's not like human motivated. It's for sure from the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. I just thank you so much for listening. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.